the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are down, turn us up. Your Twin Cities radio home for business and investing news. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Tropical storm Ophelia formed off the mid-Atlantic coast and is expected to bring heavy rains, a storm surge, and windy conditions in the region over the weekend. The center becoming better defined here to the south of the coast of North Carolina, east of Charleston. Large area of cloudiness, showers, thunderstorm activity, tropical storm force winds extending well north of the center starting to affect portions of the coast of North Carolina. Right now, the center of the system is centered about 200 miles to the south of Cape Hatteras. Virginia's governor has declared a state of emergency. The next Republican presidential debate set for this coming week in Simi Valley, California, at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. When President Reagan opened this institution back in 1991, he said he wanted it to be a dynamic intellectual forum where policymakers debate the future. So we welcome debate. That's Library CEO David Trulio. More on these stories at SRNews.com. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. George Orwell's book, 1984, was supposed to be fiction, not a roadmap. He understood the importance of this mindset when he said, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Today, more than ever, our classrooms have become a place of conformity and not liberty. Join Rebecca Hagstrom and Abigail Johnson as they lead the conversation about what's required to take steps forward in putting these liberties back in our classrooms and our country. Education America tackles the biggest issues around education, including critical race theory, racial equity, school choice, and so much more. Tune into Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 1280 The Patriot. Saving the classroom starts with being informed and being ready to stand up. Join Rebecca and Abigail Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Charlie Kirk here. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for news, weather, and opinions. AM is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping you advised of threatening weather conditions and amber alerts. Text AM to number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Again, text AM to the number 52886. Standard message and data rates may apply. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix simple problems first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome. King Banyan Show, the bid's 1440. Um, very happy to be with you on a, what looks like a, a cloudy day, First, the first Saturday of fall, which means football's in, in, in high gear. Um, and uh, I was just talking with uh, Spencer before the show. Um, it's September is usually not a make or break game in the NFL schedule. But man, the Vikings. Okay, let's do something here. Um, all right, and I do not root for them. My team got embarrassed on Thursday Night Football this week, so so I at least don't have I don't have to deal with the dread of that because I think I think our I think the Giants uh, are done. Uh, that's not going to happen this year. And also, thank you to all of you for your patience with me last week. My annual September uh, trip north. Uh, four better days could not have been had. Um, the weather was the weather was splendid. The golf courses in great shape around uh, around the lakes area, up around uh, Brainerd, Nisswa, Baxter, uh, and all the way up. Uh, we play a course up in Fifty Lakes one day. Uh, so that is uh, that. Which, if you haven't discovered it, um, free advertising, folks. Golden Eagle and Fifty Lakes. It is the best public course in Minnesota. It has been so rated by a number uh, by a couple of uh, uh, golf magazines. I will tell you, it is it is a it's a destination. You really kind of have to want to go there because it's in the woods. But once you get there, it is it is one beautiful track. Uh, and um, and uh, I actually have a picture of a deer that was in the way of my par putt on thirteen uh, during one of the two rounds I played there that day. Um, so yes. I'm at an age where I probably shouldn't be playing two rounds in a day, but you only get so many opportunities to play golf in Minnesota. So I squeeze in as many as I can. And just like that, the sun peeked through the clouds. Um, is the sun peeking through the clouds on, the, on, on our economy? Maybe. We have a quarterly business report uh, for here in central Minnesota, getting, which will be published this week. Um, we, put it, we, we put it to bed on Monday. Uh, and uh, it's in it's in it's in production right now, uh, and uh, we have a presentation coming up Thursday um, at probably for those of you living in the Twin Cities listening to us here on the Biz fourteen forty, the easiest place to get to. Okay, you get off you get off ninety four at Highway fifteen. You come up to the you come up to the light. You see the Holiday Inn. It's there. Okay, Thursday morning at eight a.m. So if you're in the if you're in the area, or if you want to take a little a little morning trip, come on up and join us here. Uh, uh, I will put in the uh, Twitter feed using the hashtag pound KBRS a link for you to find uh, find out all about it. I'll be presenting with my my colleague uh, Professor Monica Maimali. She is uh, she is the chair of the economics department here. Uh, I currently serve as the interim dean of the College of Education, uh, so 
uh, and and uh, you won't find anybody else doing uh, doing economic analysis of Greater Minnesota on a regular basis than we have here for the last. This is going to be the next issue we publish will be volume twenty five. I, I don't know that I, it, it stuns me. I was not around for all twenty five of them, but I've done the last I've done the last twenty years of work on it so we're coming up on on my 20th anniversary and the 25th anniversary of the of the report so i hope you'll join us on that um overall i mean lots of things happening gas prices went up we had a little spike here in minnesota for a while that's a production issue okay when you see those prices snap up like 40 50 percent 40 or 50 cents a gallon that's almost always a refinery somewhere that got taken offline in an unexpected way. Okay, so that might be something broke or, or, or there's, a, there's, a, there's some supply issue that's happening. That's almost always what happened. In about the, and when those happen like that, almost always they turn right back around and go down in about two weeks, which is exactly what's happened here. So if Spencer uh, was looking at the price of gas up the up the street uh, from the mothership down there in Egan, my guess is those prices are back down, you know, in the uh, mid threes somewhere. Up here, we're we're currently paying about three sixty. So that's going on. You've got. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Hollywood strike, which appears to be coming toward a solution. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the auto strike, where does it seem to be moving toward a solution? And indeed. Uh, I think we might want to settle in for a fairly uh, significant strike, uh, uh, significant in terms of the length and in terms of what what this means going forward. There was a wonderful piece on uh, on uh, Wall Street Week this week on Bloomberg from uh, from Steve Ratner, who was the guy who had had uh, done the restructuring of the of the automobile industry's contracts back in two thousand nine. At the end, with Chrysler and uh, GM both facing bankruptcy, they went and got labor concessions in 2009. Labor has had has lived with those concessions. The UAW has lived with those concessions now for 14 years, and now they want it all back. Okay, you guys are doing great now. You can't do it, in, you know. So we want it. We want it back. So we'll play. We'll play that out for you during the second hour. Uh, so that's that's going on. We have the continuing issues with China, uh, and and it, with a, with a soft economy happening there. Uh, we have, you know, I mean, we we can tick that, and then oh yeah, we haven't even talked about the fact, and I don't even have plans to talk about it. We are facing the the idea that the government might in fact run out of money in terms of they won't have authorization to spend money. After September 30th, which is, does math, seven days from now. So when we come back to you next Saturday, I'm intending to focus my time on the potential for a shutdown and what that means. And But at, in the same breath, I will say, I don't know that there will be a shutdown. There, you've got seven days to go. All of the falderall from D.C. that you've heard so far is just window dressing because there's nothing that's forcing them to make a deal this week. Brinksmanship is n- normal politics in D.C. And so 
there was no reason to expect anybody to vote for a bill this week. Okay, the newspapers and the pearl clutching that you see in the New York Times is 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 again it's it's all part of the noise. Put it aside. Is it possible that they will they will not spend money in some areas? Yeah, it's possible. But there's also the possibility that they might return to what's called normal order. It is what the the quote unquote rebels in uh, in the in uh, the House Republican Caucus or or that the rebels call themselves the Freedom Caucus. Um, it's one of the things they want. You know what? It's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Normal order means you pass a spending bill. When I was in the legislature, we didn't pass a continuing. We looked at potentially passing a quote-unquote continuing resolution. That's what they call it, the federal government. We don't call it that, but we would we called it a lights-on bill. We would have kept the lights on for a little period in July. It was not clear that the governor at the time, Mark Dayton, would have signed. It wasn't clear that we had enough support to pass it. We were okay. We'll we'll talk about about that next week because I'm going to try to I'm going to see if I can't get one of my colleagues when I, from when I was in the legislature to come join me to talk about what was that like? Okay, what does it mean when you're when you actually don't have spending bills that pass on time? And what is it? What does regular order mean? So that's a little teaser for what we're going to do next week, along with along with a deeper report on uh, what we're seeing up here in central Minnesota to describe what's going on in Minnesota more generally. Um, 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments. As you might guess, particularly if you follow the Twitter feed, using the hashtag PoundKBRS, which I'm trying to use a little less. I'm trying to not post quite so many things because I don't want to overburden you. You will see the big point we were making this week in the Twitter feed was the was the fact that the Federal Reserve met on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. They came out and did what everybody expected them to do. There was no change in the Fed funds rate. Okay? You read the statement, right? You read the statement. The statement uh, says the economy is growing solidly rather than at a moderate rate. Employment gains have slowed, but state remains strong. Okay? As as uh, pointed out by several people, I'm not the person that made this up, all of the action, and this is what's in the Twitter feed, all of the action was in the dot plots. Okay? For those of you new to the, to the King Bagging Show, you go, what's a dot plot? Okay, first of all, thank you. Welcome. I'm so happy you could be here with us. Okay? There are lots of options for you on a, on a beautiful fall Saturday morning, and thank you for choosing to spend some time here with us. Um, second of all, the dot plot is something that is the graph that they that that is is the graph that's produced in the statement of economic projections. Part of the Federal Reserve's operating process is that every three months, every other FOMC meeting, FOMC meets eight times a year, so every three months, more or less. Um, each member of the FOMC, the seven governors and the 12 presidents, currently 11, was one vacancy since Jim Bullard left, and that's important. I'll tell you why in a moment. They sit, they get, they sit down and they write down all of their dots, right? They write, down, they write down what do they expect for GDP growth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up. 
change in real GDP in a window over the next three years. By the way, beginning with this one, they start to write down what do they think is going to happen in 2026. So up to now, they haven't tried to forecast that. Their forecast ended at 25. But now that you've reached September, you're now looking out into 2026. So changes in real GDP, the unemployment rate, and inflation as measured by the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, and a core PCE number. And then, as interesting as all of that, the Fed funds rate projection is done too. Right, So each of them writes down, what do we think the Fed funds rate's going to be between now and the end of the end? Between, what do we think the Fed funds rate's going to be at the end of 2023, at the end of 24, at the end of 25, and now at the end of 2026? Okay, so they're going to write that number down. Each of them writes it, and what gets published is a is a is the number the median the range right including like what i would call an interquartile range because i because i have a statistics background but it's basically dropping off the top three and the bottom three and getting me the 12 or 13 in the middle right so they'll get they'll they'll have that and then they'll give you the entire range right now i'm going to talk about that in a in, in the next segment because that is the only news that Jay Powell had planned to talk about. And otherwise, and this is why Spencer said he was a little frustrated listening to the clips today, this is why. The dot plot was everything, and all he wanted to talk about was the dot plot, and all the rest of it was just was just random noise, and he was just pushing away, pushing away everything else. He wanted people to pay attention to this, and we'll do, we'll do that with you in just a moment here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. It's a beautiful morning. The Ramsey Show. Right now, my wife and I, we're scared. Take her hands in your hands and go, okay, we're doing this together, and we are not going to let this take our marriage. And as a matter of fact, it's going to make our marriage stronger. And hold on tight. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. The government is spying on you. No surprise, I know. But did you know the banks are helping them? And did you know that withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Let Swiss America educate you about this. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. This new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. This war on cash is growing daily, and it also includes all forms of digital money. So please, get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. Message and data rates may apply. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. 
Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Hey, this is Matthew with The Kingdom Builders. The other day I noticed an ad for an apple pie. It showed a slice with the delicious sugary apples oozing out. Here at The Kingdom Builders, we're starting a new series where we'll share with you who we are and why we do what we do. We're a local, trusted, professional exterior contractor specializing in asphalt shingle roofing and seamless gutters. If you add up our collective experience and how long we've been in this industry, it's hundreds of years combined. We're small enough to take care of the little houses in St. Paul and Minneapolis and big enough to handle large churches or commercial buildings. We take a genuine interest in the work we do, the estimates we send out, our customers, and most importantly, the families that live in the homes we work on. We wish the inside of our company was as yummy as an apple pie, but we found we're better at roofing than baking. Look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. The Ramsey Show. And your husband's going to step up and get a backbone and deal with this because you're going to end up really further pissed at him if you don't. Yeah, you're going to end up losing your marriage over this. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Perfect. That was two days ago. I could not wait to get to that line. Oh, actually, it's a fun song. Highly underrated, if you ask me. Um, just just fun to fun to listen to, fun to play. Um, so the FOMC statement, right? So one o'clock one o'clock Central Time is the is the statement. One thirty is the press conference. The one o'clock statement comes out. They changed five words. From the one they published in in July, right at the end of July, they published this is and this is the sentence that would have been uh, the or let me say these are the two sentences. Uh, let me just do the whole first paragraph. In July, they write, recent indicators suggest that economic activity has been expanding at a moderate pace. Job gains have been robust in recent months, and the job and the unemployment rate has remained low. Inflation remains elevated. This is now the July, uh, this is now the September number, September statement. Recent indicators suggest that economic activity has been expanding at a solid pace. Job gains have slowed in recent months, but remain strong. And the unemployment rate has remained low. Inflation remains elevated. Okay. Other than that, the only thing they did was rather than raise rates like they did in July, they said they, they, held them constant um they left in all of the language uh that had said in determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate to return inflation to two percent over time committee will take into account the cumulative tightening right okay so they did they didn't change the language that said we're still have a tightening bias they just said we're not tightening on this meeting 
That was not news. Here's where the news shows up. Now, I will, I will, I can tweet this again to you at the next break. Okay, because I tweeted it on the day because this is where, where it all got interesting. I mentioned in the previous meeting, we've already had a change in the, in the lineup at the, at, in terms of who's there at the Fed. Adriana Kugler is a, is a new member of the Board of Governors. So this was the first meeting in which she was writing down her statement of her, her economic projections. But the other one I mentioned, which I mentioned before, is that James Bullard, formerly president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve, has now gone on to be a business dean at Purdue, and he no longer is writing his numbers down. He did in June. Even though he didn't have a vote, all of them write down what they believe. You get all 19 of the players when they're when they when they're fully staffed they're at 19. They're currently playing one bank president down as I don't believe the new president at uh, I don't believe the new president at uh, at St. Louis is is actually there yet. I could be wrong. I need to I'll double check that at the at the break too. So here's what was interesting. In the June meeting, the terminal rate of the the terminal Fed funds rate at the end of twenty three was set to be between five and a half and five and three quarters percent. That number did not change, and those of you who have been playing close, paying close close attention know that currently the rate is five and a quarter to five and a half, meaning that the Fed is still forecasting still forecasting a rate of a rate that's somewhere around around five is still forecasting one more rate hike and now has two meetings left in which to do it. This is adding Kugler, subtracting Bullard. Okay, this adding Kugler, subtracting Bullard. I'm looking to make sure I've got I've got to make sure I've counted the number Let's see, twelve and seven. No, so the there the new president St. Louis is is voting. Okay, so you had or write or at least writing down her her his uh information. So you now have someone who we knew was hawkish in Bullard off. You have someone who is been chosen by the by, by the White House added, and you have someone replacing Bullard added. Okay. And yet, twelve of the twelve of the nineteen members said there's one more rate hike between now and the end of the year. Seven said no, we're done right here. That they don't want to raise. We know that in some we know that at least one of the seven is Raphael Bostic. He's been pretty clear that he's he thinks we can wait for more time. I'm reasonably certain Neil Kashkari is one of uh, of the Minneapolis Fed is one of the twelve. I'll put my level of confidence in that forecast at ninety percent. Okay, which I consider to be reasonably certain, but not. I'm not. It's not a lead pipe cinch. I don't know this for a fact. I'd put it more like ninety eight percent that Bostic's one of the seven. To to give you give you some perspective, because you're trying to figure out. The thinking of 19 people. So 
I mean, if I went through the list and figured out who's the 12 and who's the 7, I think I could do a pretty good job on most of them. Um, the, um, the, so the data that's here removed a hawk. And how do I know that it removed a hawk? Because of, at, at one point you get the entire range of votes in now versus June. In, in June, somebody said that they thought the rate at the end of this year would be six to six and a quarter. Okay. I'd be willing to give you three to one odds that that was pre, that's ex-president Bullard. I also think someone else in that range, although maybe not at that high a number, was Governor Christopher Waller. I think he's coming down too. Now they are all at the five. They're either at the one hike or zero hike level. But where the news is now is very interesting insofar as the entire range of people voting for 2024 in June, the median projection was for a rate of four and a half to four and three quarters. Now the the range is five to five and a quarter. So 50 basis points higher than said before. This is the part that I don't know that the the market immediately digested. But he was trying to call attention to it. So, so I'm actually going to go, I'm actually going to, do now two cuts or at least one cut because i'm running up against another break but let's just play this this was during the written during the press conference at one at one thirty. this is in his prepared remarks so remember they've written them down and they typically don't vary those very much from meeting to meeting either it's more than five words though and this was the paragraph that was probably most significant and new let's play cut number one in our SCP, FOMC participants wrote down their individual assessments of an appropriate path for the federal funds rate based on what each participant judges to be the most likely, sorry, the most likely scenario going forward. If the economy evolves as projected, the median participant projects that the appropriate level of the federal funds rate will be 5.6% at the end of this year, 5.1% at the end of 2024, and 3.9% at the end of 2025. Compared with our June summary of economic projections, the median projection is unrevised for the end of this year, but has moved up by a half percentage point at the end of the next two years. That last sentence is vital, and I think was the entirety of the information content that you could pick up from this meeting. That was, that was the ballgame. We think rates need to be set higher for longer. And it was a refrain that you heard then in every other central bank around the world, with one exception, which I'm going to play for you. Um, you can guess who it is. But just to point out, in, in June, the projection for GDP for the year was 1%. And this was after they already had information on the first quarter. And had some knowledge that the second quarter, both of them were going to come at 2%. The Fed was in June still expecting the economy to soften to be pretty much a no-growth economy in the second half of the year. They now believe GDP, their median forecast, is at 
is at 2.1%, and the entire range that they have is between 1.8 and 2.6. Everybody's in this little tight range, but much higher than what was expected only three months ago. The unemployment rate, they expected to be 4.1% in June. Now they forecast 3.8%. And they only expect the unemployment rate to hit 4.1% at the end of 2024. So they no longer expect an unemployment, and this will, this will show up in some of the other clips I have. They don't expect the unemployment rate to get to 5. Heck, doesn't seem like they even expect it to get to 4.5 at this point. Inflation was only marked up one uh, on the one-tenth of a percent on the headline number, and they've actually taken core PCE back to an expectation of 3.7 versus 3.9, which is what they had for June. The next numbers are still at 2.6 and then 2.3 for 25 rather than 2.2, and they still believe they're going to get back to a 2.0 core PCE. So 50 extra basis points on the one hand, but... 50 extra basis points for 24 and 25 for a slightly better economic outlook for 23 and 24. What does that mean? Well, we'll give you some answers right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. people are searching for the right 401k decisions within these crazy markets. Are you looking for a local community of investors with the right skills that could help build confidence? Make better financial decisions right here in the Twin Cities because you are the best steward of your own money. Call OTA today to learn more in our free introductory investing class, either in center or virtually at 952-814-4410, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Two things that hit a family budget the hardest, the price of gas and of groceries. Let us ease that pain at the pump when you enter the $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway. The grand prize winner gets $10,000 in gift cards for gas and groceries. Three first prize winners each get $1,000 gift cards, and 10 second prize winners will get $500 gift cards for gas and groceries. That's $18,000 total. Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com to register. We're here with another satisfied JTR Roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional, and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. 
millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. We're reviewing uh, the uh, FOMC press conference that Jay Powell led on Wednesday of this week. Feel free to call us, 651-289-4477, with your questions and comments. Um, again, they're, they're saying that now the target inflation rate will not happen until 2026. So when, um, uh, when Don posts, you know, draw your... Draw your draw someone's attention away from what is really happening. Part of what is happening is the Fed is kind of admitting they don't really know how the economy is evolving, and that was that was pretty pretty evident in in what he said there. Let me play. Let me. So one of the things that I, I'm talking about today is the fact that the Fed is having a philosophical discussion as well as a practical discussion or policy discussion. The philosophical discussion is over what is happening to something called the real rate. Okay? The real rate represents the rate of the, the represents the rate of interest net of expected inflation. And I I emphasize the word expected because Sometimes you'll hear people talk about an ex-ante and ex-post real rate. An ex-ante real rate depends on expected inflation. And, 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 and the ex-post real rate is, what was the real rate after, after, after the fact? That's what ex-post means, right? But it means, if I used real inflation over, if I used the actual inflation rate over this period, what would my real return be after the fact? But investment doesn't happen based on ex-post real rates. It happens on the basis of ex-ante real rates. So if you're trying to analyze what happens in the economy, it, 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 what's going to happen, if you're try, particularly if you're trying to forecast, you care more about the ex-ante real rate and meaning that you have to have some feel for expected inflation. Right? That actually shows up in, the next, in this next clip here. I wanted to give you that background. Let's take a look at... Let's listen to, this was Powell yesterday during the prepared statement, cut number two. Real interest rates now are well above mainstream estimates of the neutral policy rate, but we are mindful of the inherent uncertainties in precisely gauging the stance of policy. We're prepared to raise rates further, if appropriate, and we intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we're confident that inflation is moving down sustainably toward our objective. So that statement is is telling in two ways. One, it says 
it says, well, we don't know what the real we don't know what real rates are. We never do. And that's because what really matters to them is the ex ante real rate. And that means you have to know what expected inflation is. And expected inflation is kind of unobservable. Yes, you can get a measure of it by figuring out the break even between buying a 10-year treasury that's not indexed and a 10-year treasury that is indexed. The difference between those yields is is a market-based measure of expected inflation. You can have that you, you you can calculate that number. However, there's also there are also people that do survey research to try to measure expected inflation by just asking them, what do you think the inflation rate is going to be over the next five years? Um, I personally tend to favor the market-based numbers much more than I, than I like survey data because, I don't know, I've hung around social scientists long enough to realize that survey data has some biases to them. Um, and I believe that uh, you get a better estimate of what people actually believe when they actually have skin in the game right and nothing says skin in the game quite like actually buying and selling of bonds so i like the market-based measures better than i like the survey measures but both of them sort of sort of can be used to figure things out and right now they're giving slightly different answers the expected inflation rate over the next five to ten the next five years using uh, market-based measures is still only around 2.5%. And there is discussion now about the fact that that one one piece of the news, which only kind of obliquely got mentioned by the people asking questions at the press conference, is the fact that the real rates have gone up. The 10-year Treasury bond is now returning 4.5%. If you think that the real rate of return out there should be currently, some estimates run around one-half to one percent, and I'll tell you how I know that in a second, then that means that over the next 10 years, the market-based measure would say, one market-based measure would say, then that the expected rate of inflation over the next 10 years is not two percent, it's not even three percent, it's close, it's like three and a half to four. That's extremely different from two. On the other hand, if I look at the 10-year Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, or TIPS, if I look at the TIPS bond, that's the index bond, if I look at TIPS, they would tell me that the expected inflation rate is below 3%. Right. So the market-based measure is there versus the, the Fed dot plot, which is telling me, right, they're telling me that the, the Fed funds rate in the long run is going to be 2.5%. And their projection for the long-run PCE inflation number is still 2%, meaning that they think at least the Fed Fund's real rate should be one-half of 1%. But that's not really true because you're still seeing longer-run measures. You've got someone now in the middle. Um, you've got someone now in the middle willing to say uh, – the longer run real Fed funds rate should be marked up all the way to 3.8, which means they have a real int- the the long run Fed funds rate at three 3.8%, but with an expectation of 2% PCE core inflation, means that the Fed funds means that the real rate should be one and a half to two percent. Well, that's weird. What do we think's going on there? 
So I'm going to detour away from, from Powell for a minute. We're going to come back and hear the Q&A. We'll do that in a bit. But I want to detour for a moment because I want you to know kind of where they think about these things. The way they talk about the real rate is by, you'll hear it in code sometimes, because you'll hear Powell and other Fed officials talk about something called R-STAR. And this week I heard, listened to a podcast of John Williams. He is the president of the New York Federal Reserve. New York Federal Reserve is always a member of the FOMC, so he always has a vote on monetary policy. New York gets special treatment because they also run the system open market desk that tr- does the transactions to hold the hold uh, uh, short-run securities uh, in that in that uh, range that they're told to by the Fed in that five and a quarter to five and a half currently. So he was on, and it was on a podcast with Michael McKee from Bloomberg. And he had some, and he tried to explain what this is. And so I want to play those clips for you. Let's first play this. This was on Thursday, excuse me, on Tuesday. Cut 12. Okay. No, I mean, the idea of our star is, is actually pretty simple. You just ask yourself the question that if the economy is kind of just, you know, going at cruise speed, growing as potential rate, the economy is at full employment and inflation is, you know, at 2%. If everything's just moving along at that, what would the real interest rate be? Right. So that's what our star is. Our star is the real interest rate that would happen if the economy was basically in some kind of steady state or equilibrium or was cruising along as as Williams says um and and the, fi- the question is what would what's that number to be because that's really important to them he goes on to explain more let's play cut 13 and you know our estimates you know over time have changed because the factors that affect what's the equilibrium of savings and investment in the economy those things can change for a variety of reasons we heard one earlier about demographics i think that is really important there are others too so it's basically kind of some kind of basically normal interest rate you would expect in normal times now in normal times what you would expect is the you in order for me to invest in a piece of equipment I have to expect that in real terms, the return I get on that piece of equipment, after all the expenses are done, allow me to pay back the loan. The, what that a piece of equipment will generate for me is a function of its productivity. And so our star is, is based on savings and investment, it is based on demographics, and it's based on productivity. It's the connection to the real economy. The range right now at the Fed is some people are at two are at a range of something like like one quarter to one half all the way up to one and a half to one I'm excuse me from all the way up now to to near two percent. I mean, it's simply uh, one of my old dissertation readers used to call this a dog's breakfast. If you feed your dog kibbles and they're excited, right, the kibbles go all over the kitchen floor. This is what it's like. They're, the dot plot for that, for that real rate, is simply all over the map. And I can't think of a time where the Fed had a greater divergence on what the real rate should be than that. That's why I wondered, why is Jay Powell talking about the real rate in the prepared statement of, the, of this conference? It's because I think... I think there's significant disagreement right now over where the landing 
where the landing spot is for for monetary policy. I think they really have a significant disagreement, which gets me to something I've said before. Why is it that every vote of the FOMC right now is unanimous? Because I look at the dot plot, they're not unanimous. I got to take a break. I'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. For over a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. More than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. It's also the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. A new bill in Congress would ensure this free, reliable service remains in cars. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM radio for every vehicle act. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text STOP to STOP. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The government is spying on you. No surprise, I know. But did you know the banks are helping them? And did you know that withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Let Swiss America educate you about this. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government, and they report any behavior they think is suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. This new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. This war on cash is growing daily, and it also includes all forms of digital money. So please, get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. Message and data rates may apply. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. And if there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. The Ramsey Show. The higher education community is at best irresponsible, at worst con artists. We don't have a student loan crisis. We have a parenting crisis. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Good to be with you on this uh, first first Saturday of fall. Um, 
which is awesome. Fall's the best season in Minnesota. Okay. Come at me. I don't care. Uh, let me uh, let me play the let me play this for you. Play this out for you, and re- but by repeating where we are, we have a Federal Reserve that will that says we're pausing rates for now. We think the next move is still to hike. We want to have that as our option. We're we're the next move we're going to make is more likely to hike than to cut. But they have a significant disagreement about how long they have to stay at high rates. And everybody, everybody can see that the higher for longer story is their story. But what they're not telling you is they don't know how far they have to go down or will go down when they get there. In a no-growth world, okay, because that R star is connected to productivity. In a world where productivity growth is running less than 1%, that implies a Fed funds rate that gets back down below 3 toward 2.5. In a world where productivity is high, you could end up with a not moving the not moving the Fed funds rate below 3.5 for a very long time just because R star is higher. It could also mean that you're stuck with higher real interest rates simply because of crowding out a very simple story that that the government's going to be borrowing so much money that that funds for private investment are scarce and that's going to push rates up as a result okay i'm going to set that part of the story aside for next week in case we're talking about talking about a government shutdown uh, next Saturday as being the number one thing that, that we're thinking about. Um, but that's where we are. So to hear that a little bit, let me let me play for you the very first question that, that he gets, that Powell gets at the end of the press conferences from the from Colby Smith at the at the Financial Times, who's asking, you know, what what makes the committee inclined to think Fed funds rate needs to go up still? And and he says he says this. Let's play cut number three. The fact that we decided to maintain the policy rate at this meeting doesn't mean that we've decided that we have or have not at this time reached uh, that 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 stance of monetary policy that we're seeking. If you looked at the SEP, as you as you obviously will have done, you will see that a majority of participants believe that it is more likely than not that we will that it will be appropriate for us to raise rates one more time in the two remaining meetings this year. Others uh, believe that we have already reached that. So it's, it's something where we're, by, by, we're not making a decision by, by deciding to, uh, about that question, by deciding to just maintain the rate and await further data. And, and, and Smith uh, comes right back with a question, and he, and, and, um, and, and says um, and and asks the question again in a different way. I think this is interesting. Okay, she's she's asking. In fact, I think this cut has her asking the question. Let's play cut four. Um, so right now, it's still an open question about sufficiently restrictive. You're not saying today that we've reached this level. Um, we're not saying. Yeah, no, no. Clearly, we are just. What we decided to do is maintain the policy rate and await further data. We want to see convincing evidence, really. That we have reached the appropriate level, and, and you know we're we, we, we're seeing progress, and, and we welcome that. But uh, you know we need to see more progress before we'll be willing to uh, 
to, to reach that conclusion. Well, it's interesting he says that because, of course, the dot plot that he's just produced and just talked about in the prepared statement says 12 of the 19 members believe that they get a raise one more time. All right, 12, 12 versus 7, and yet we have a statement that has unanimous votes on it. Um, no change to the statement of the bias is toward restrictive. Okay, because I do think that they're now stuck with a model that where they don't quite understand, um, they don't quite understand what's happening on this. Let me go on because this is also, um, you know, why why and so Smith actually gets a third question, which which almost never happens, but she seemed to be she seemed to be right on right on uh, target. So she asked, you know, what what about those extra fifty basis points for uh, for the Fed funds rate next year? Um, and he answers this. This is pretty quick. Cut number five. Economic activity has been stronger than we expected, stronger than I think everyone expected. And, and so what, what, you're, what you're seeing is this is what people believe as of now will be appropriate to achieve what we're looking to achieve, which is progress toward our, uh, toward our inflation goal, as you see in the SCP. It's meaning that he doesn't, as long as, and again, particularly when the, the, the unemployment rate is expected not to even hit 4.5%, he believes he believes they're justified in just focusing on two percent inflation, and so they can use only that. They will use just that to be what they what they measure in terms of uh, what they're measuring in terms of uh, uh, whether or not they've hit the target. They don't really know where they are right now. We're going to do more of this in the next uh, in the next hour of the King Banyan Show. So okay where we're going to also explore uh, a little bit about the uh, labor strike as well. So we'll be right back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances. 
heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.